We were in the office this week. Um, things have picked up quite a bit. The office is busier than usual, um, which is very life-giving for the staff. Um, many of us have commented how it would be nice to getting back to having office angels in the office, people who come in for a half of a day and answer the phone, and of course, share stories with the staff and, and, and kind of special moments. So we put together this survey a few weeks ago and sent it out about 10 days ago. Um, Amy hopes to begin making those calls this week. It will take a little while. Uh, but the survey had all these different areas of interest. Um, and so we snuck in the office angel into the survey. It's one of our needs and wanting to help connect people to their gifts. And you know what? Like 12 people responded that they were willing to answer the phones during the week. So if you're one of those 12, expect a phone call. I was sort of dumbfounded, and I'm sharing this little tidbit in our office, and one of our staff just looks, what'd you expect, John? I mean, you're preaching this week, and I'm the one who puts together the bulletin. It says it right there in the gospel. She sort of yelled it at me as I'm doing to you. <laughs> and it will be given. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. Beautiful and hopeful words. And God, I wish it was that easy all the time. Maybe our faith really is that simple. Maybe it is. Our words today are simple instructions about the faithful life. Jesus is sharing with his friends what it means to pray, and in the middle of the words of prayer, he uses this analogy um, of a relationship with his friends, setting up our own relationship with God, which is where we find ourselves on this morning. One of the questions that I've been mulling over since June 16th is what is next? What does it mean to be a part of St. Stephen's now? Or maybe better, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus Christ in this community at this time and place? Or maybe if you're tuned in from afar and you're worshiping in a different city, um, one of the things that's been interesting uh, in this live stream era, what does it mean to be shaped by this uh, experience in a way that you can't consider your faith without it. Many of us have shown up again and again and again. Or maybe you're showing up here for the first time today, ready to let God shape our very experiences and lives. And we're asking, how do we live out our faith? What is next? You know, could it really be just as simple as showing up to receive the Holy Eucharist, to pray, to, to ask for God's blessing and forgiveness, to extend the peace to the person next to us, to offer our lives and ourselves to God? What does this mean? And here we are. What is next? 
So I've been wondering, been wondering when things will get messy. When two people want to do an outreach project on the same day and the church can only do one. When someone sits in the pew of another. <laughs> now the real serious stuff. When a leadership role gets displaced. When an email or two is missed or forgotten. When the frustration begins to happen from growth. When all the ideas and dreams and hopes for what our church can be don't completely pan out the way that they're expected to. When a difficult decision is made and we don't agree with it or we don't understand why. How do we be church going forward with a new, with new or renewed people? It's, more, it's a more important question than you may realize. Um, but before we get there, I'd like to share some hope that I found. Um, in the midst of pandemic, Bailey began taking cello lessons. Um, about a year after the pandemic, so last February is when I, um, when I was writing my sermon, I went and found when I ordered the cello from Amazon, it was February of last year. Um, so we began, but the pandemic was still going, so she started the Suzuki method being taught by one of our parishioners, and we'd head down uh, 280 most Saturdays for a 30-minute lesson. And as a music lover, the sound has been incredible as Bailey and actually Anne's been taking lessons at the same time. They've grown in their ability and love of music. But these lessons have only been with Bailey and her teacher, Miss Patty. We even had a recital because it was the pandemic in our house, so we invited my parents through FaceTime. But it wasn't until Sunday, June 11th, that Bailey participated in something that I didn't know existed. It's called a play-in, and it was in our parish hall. Now, this is new to me, but it's part of the Suzuki repertoire. Musicians of all ages, they gather and they begin with the first piece, and they play it together. And then they keep playing through the repertoire, they keep playing through the pieces, when a student has played through all the songs that they know, they place their cello down on the floor and they continue to listen as others play through the pieces. As they play, each student is working through what they know, being supported by the people around them. And each person is hearing their own sounds contributing to something beautiful and to something much larger. It's what we experienced earlier in the service. It's part of the Suzuki method. Um, and, and I had no idea. I just wanted Bailey to learn an instrument <laughs> in a different part of her brain. So I've been reading uh, Shinichi Suzuki's own account of his life and his teaching methods. That he, When he finally put it on paper, he was born in Japan in 1898. And he's studying violin in Tokyo, and he got to go to, 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 to Berlin with a concert master. And this was before Japan had kind of a renowned um, classical music scene. And he came back in 1928 to start his career. 
And he wrote a half a century ago, in society today, a tremendous number of people seem resigned either to the belief that they can achieve nothing because they are incapable by birth or to accepting the way they are as a matter of fate. As a result, they spend their days unable to experience a vivid happiness, a soul-satisfying joy. This, one must say, is the greatest misfortune to befall a human being. Suzuki continues by saying that children are endowed by nature, or we would say God, with a life force that stirs them to a will to live. So in 1931, Suzuki is teaching youth, but he's not teaching really small youth. And a four-year-old boy appears at his door, accompanied by his father. His father turns to Suzuki and, and says, I'd like to entrust my child to you, teaching him. A boy much younger than anyone he had worked with before. And the question, it kept him up day and night. How could he teach this young child? And he has this epiphany that would change his life. Now, this may sound like the most ridiculous statement that you all have ever heard from the pulpit, but he has this epiphany. All children speak Japanese. He couldn't believe it. Now, I mean, I know, like, like what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Think about the significance of that. So he begins running around and, he, and he's sharing with everyone, but nobody grasps its significance. And he goes on, I mean, think about this. It means, I mean, English is hard enough and our four-year-olds are running around speaking English. I mean, Japanese though. But why? Because they're nurtured and they're nurtured with love and care. They flourish because they're given the opportunity to flourish. They're allowed to play. So, so Suzuki is searching for a pedagogy for teaching, and he realizes it exists in every household in his country. And so he has this idea that anyone can learn. I mean, that's why we gathered again in that parish hall on Sunday for the second play-in, and there's Bailey and Anne playing with people as young as Bailey up to 70 plus years old, all learning an instrument and sharing it. We learn in community when we're nurtured by love. We learn when we are nurtured by love. I mean, his whole, <laughs> this is the, the person who has created classical music like the repertoire for teaching that has inspired the world, the name of his book, Nurtured by Love. It's not only how we learn, but it's how we grow. Now I share this idea because we are at a threshold to use Bishop Russell's comments from two weeks ago. And many of you are trying to step across that threshold in profoundly new ways. So I want you to remember this sermon. I want you to remember it six, front, six months from now because here is what I know to be true about Christian community. You will be disappointed. 
someone or lots of someones will not live up to your expectations. You will be let down by a priest, a lay leader, that will fail to meet your expectations, that will give you bad advice, or say something that disappoints you. Your ideas won't always come to fruition, possibly squeezed out by someone else's ego. People will not believe everything just as you do, and due to your own enlightenment, this will be disappointing. Here's what else I know. Most of you, most of us, are doing the very best we can. And there are profound role models, role models and teachers among us. Many of you I look to guidance for all the time. And what we have seen and witnessed is profound love in the most difficult of time. There's not a doubt in my mind that we will not continue to nurture each other in love. A reality that will continue to create a community that will deepen our sense of love. Suzuki continues and is a method that ability begets ability. This whole idea is not that some people are born with musical ability, it's that the community that nurtures it helps it to grow. And so as we move forward figuring out our place in this space, in this community of people who follow Jesus, I deeply suspect that some of us will be picking up new instrument, others old instruments, but we'll all be making a new sound. And if you find it difficult, if you find it sometimes disappointing, please stick with it. You're probably not alone. But I promise you, you're surrounded by people who love and care for you and who love our Lord and are committed to nurturing this community with love. Maybe our faith really is that simple, to knock, to ask, to seek, to love, and all else will work out. And together we'll figure out what it means to be the body of Christ. Amen.